0: better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs we're your host Chris Schuberts so here floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online they feature live betting free contests and giveaways all season long they have every sport so head on over to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy International Mobile Phone Recycling Day to you.
2: I do not celebrate this, unfortunately.
0: Neither I'm sorry I to say. I have a drawer full of old phones.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's weird, right? Because like... It still have like pictures on it and stuff. I don't know if I want to recharge it and get back in there. I don't do the Apple or the iCloud thing. I you can't don't. get it set up. Uh, no, I don't. You don't. Wow. You got to change that. It's not worth it at this point. I'm too far gone. I've got like four four individual computers for, or phones worth of stuff just backlogged. Wow. Can't bring myself to do it. Now that's going to take a, a lot of time to to get out of that hole if you choose to. Right. It's why it's why I'm too far gone. I'm just I'm not gonna do the iCloud thing. i d I'm not.
0: Christopher P. Schubert, my guy.
1: Joseph What's, J. Marino. How we doing?
2: Welcome back, Chris.
1: No, see, I'm not I'm I'm just not acknowledging it. I'm not acknowledging what you guys did to me yesterday <laughs> on the show. And we'll just leave it at that. I'm not doing it. I ain't going to, so quit asking.
2: Uh, new king of the hill on draft dudes. See, and drafts. I know that's why Most you did it. After. And I and I know that's why
1: you did it. You quick snapped me after we had talked about this. So I'm not I'm not going down this road.
2: Okay.
0: We're just happy. You're okay. We were nervous that yeah. you were, yeah. well,
1: a nervous I, I, nervous I don't know why you'd be nervous. You, we just didn't do the show at the normally scheduled time that we said we were going to do the show. You guys just mm-hmm. apparently got together and <laughs> changed and didn't tell me.
0: <laughs>
2: well, Kyle right. and I seem to know we, what was going we on. both Just so happened to spontaneously show up in Riverside at eight 30 this morning.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. We got some vibe association. Yeah. For the vibe is that. poor. <laughs> That's what the vibe is. The vibe is poor right now in the room. No, we no ruined this whole day. His whole day's upside down right no. now. He he'll he Chris. If there's he'll, one thing I know about down. Chris is he's he's in the guy who always adapts and overcomes. All right. Today will be no different.
1: A vibe association so, here on the show today. And also it's, mini big boards the remainder of the week. We are going to give you mini big boards as part of a senior bowl preview because the three of us descend down to Mobile, Alabama it, this weekend. Can't wait. That's not where we're going. We're going to Mobile. See you in Mobile. Can't wait. Not see you in Pittsburgh, Bart. You got a, got a little geographical lesson there. Uh, we're all going to be there this, starting this weekend. So we are going to big board over the next couple of days. Each of our personal lists. So today, are the top five players we are most excited to see on offense. Tomorrow, the top five most excited uh, players we are excited to see on defense. And then uh, on that would be Thursday show. We are doing our top five sleepers. So guys under the radar that we personally are excited to see. This is not a guys we think are great guys, just guys we're excited to see. That's the point of us going down there to see these guys uh, and, and and get a, a firsthand uh, look at them in person. So that is what we are uh, going to big board the remainder of the week. I believe this is where I give you the first game of the week so we can do vibe associations since we only have four games. I'm not adequately prepared, but we will start with the Kansas City Chiefs who defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't remember the score off the top of my head since the page isn't long. 27 to 20.
0: Missed opportunity for Jacksonville here. Um, I-, I think of a couple of moments in this game, uh, one being the bomb to Christian Kirk uh, from Trevor Lawrence. that Yeah, just couldn't bring in that catch. Uh, I know that – who is, was it Collinsworth? <laughs> Collinsworth's a commentator here, and he's like, oh, just a touch overthrown thrown from Trevor Lawrence. But that, uh, that like, tuck spike situation from Pat Mahomes was an amazing play uh, that he threw right into the dirt. Uh, but that was a missed opportunity. And then I think about uh, on Chad Henney's first drive, the 98-yard touchdown, just a very easy interception uh, that was dropped. And you, you wonder if the game goes differently, if they're able to make those plays, especially, you know, knowing that Pat Mahomes comes back in this – in this game and tries to play through the ankle, you feel like maybe you could have had a chance, right? You could have maybe done a little bit more to stress that ankle. Uh, Just an overall missed opportunity from, from Jacksonville and, you know, Kansas city's humming along fifth straight AFC championship game.
2: Right. I don't think it's a coincidence that a game of this nature, the team who's been here plenty won all of the margins needed to win the game versus a team that is incredibly young and has not made a postseason appearance before this year. This felt right? very
1: Baker Mayfield Browns had a chance to beat the, the Chad Henney led chiefs and didn't get it done. And you look back and you go, darn, little different, but it had some of the same kind of storyline plots that that game had. And you sat back and you went, gosh, darn, we should have had that one.
2: Yeah. Well, and the good news for Jacksonville is they're going to get Calvin Ridley back this off season after trading for him in season They're going to have another opportunity to stack personnel on top of the momentum. Trevor Lawrence, second year in the same system. There's a lot of good that's going to come from this season. And and you think about some teams across the NFL who make big jumps after a short postseason appearance the previous year. And this division is here for the taking between the state of the Indianapolis Colts, the regression of the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans on their third head coach in as many years and an incredibly young team. I don't see any reason right now where Jacksonville shouldn't be considered the favorites in the AFC South for next year with how they played. Yeah. And knowing that you have this opportunity and this experience that you, you logged this year to steer the direction of your off season. So it's a tough loss for Jacksonville missed opportunities, but it's not often you see a team do what the Cincinnati Bengals did last year where they haven't been to the playoffs in a while. Get in and just win, right? Like generally speaking, you got to have some playoff experience to make a significant level of run. And Jacksonville, oh, they they won the first game coming back from down twenty-seven nothing, like an incredible comeback on their part. But they, if you you look at it historically, how many times has a team been down twenty-seven and then won in the wild card round? Not very often, right? So, yeah. Um, good valuable learning lessons for Jacksonville and I think experience was the big difference for Kansas City
0: you know I went through a journey this year pro scouting responsibilities uh, for the Jaguars are mine with the draft network and so I remember giving presentations all year long on the Jaguars and I kept on saying like man I really like what they have going on but they just remind you that they're a young football team from time to time and I think this was emblematic of that but Kyle, I think you make a good point that this team is going to be really better for what they went through this season. They've learned a lot. Uh, The fact that they got to the the divisional round is a big deal. Trevor Lawrence, 23 years old. um, He got to the divisional round in his age 23 season. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, um, Peyton Manning, they didn't get to the divisional round until their age 27 seasons, and and Trevor Lawrence has already been there. I think uh, this is a really good step in their story. Um, but it's all about how they build from here. But you, you, like you said, they're they're primed to be the favorite in that division and uh, be a a common team here in the playoffs for a number of years to come.
1: The Eagles defeated the Giants thirty-eight to seven.
2: But they are who we thought they were. That's my vibe. Both ways, both teams.
0: I think I think the Eagles made a big statement here, right? Coming off of the bye, um, being able to be suffocating on defense, to be explosive on offense, running the football. I mean, 44 rushes, 268 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I think their ability to play sound defense with a lot of different players up front that they can throw at you, the way that they can run the football in a number of different ways, how they complement that with their passing game, I think this team's got a really good recipe Um, and obviously a big statement win over, over a division team, right? We've seen the Ravens play a tight game, excuse me, the Bengals play a tight game with the Ravens. The Bills play a tight game with the Dolphins. Eagles said, we don't care that we're familiar opponents. We're going to go out there and handle our business and prove that we're the best team in the NFC.
2: You know who I'm really picking up with they're putting down right now? Nick Sirianni. There's people out here that don't, that don't seem to like Nick Sirianni for whatever because he got Pizza Hut the no, week of the game or whatever. They're I, what, still trapped
1: in his opening press conference when he was the Philadelphia Eagles coach, and he and he came off like uh, like he didn't know what he was doing, and they've just never let that go away. They've just never been able to recover from that moment, and they've never been able to recognize, man, this guy's very innovative, and he's a very good head coach.
2: They have a wrinkle. They have at least one wrinkle every week that is more fun than every other team in the NFL's wrinkle for that week. <laughs> They went, they went short yardage on a scoring drive against the Giants, and they went unbalanced line and ran zone read away from the unbalanced line because it bumped the backers out, and the bump the backers were out an extra gap, and then they obviously left the end man line of scrimmage unblocked, and they got a first down, uh, like a, a very easy first down on it. And just like little stuff like that, like if you're paying attention to what they're doing, like I even love what we did to try to line up and go for two to get them to jump off sides because we had timeouts that we were going to take into the half for no reason. So we line up like we're going for for two from the two to try and get you to jump off sides and then take a timeout. And then we kick the extra point because we don't get you to jump off sides versus the win probability of running a two-point conversion on the one. Like, all that stuff, man. Like, they, they're just – I got a lot of respect for what Sirianni – and he's got, like, that that edge to him, right? Like, he he has a little bit of the chip on his shoulder. He's very Philadelphia. So, yeah. I get why that can be abrasive for people. But I, I love the job that he's doing with the Eagles.
0: The Bengals beat the Bills 27-10. to 10. Big Boyd. That's the vibe. The Bengals big boy, the bills, they said, we are the reigning AFC East or excuse me, the AFC champions. And they took it personal, man. They came in and and were the more physical team. They had a better game plan. They executed better. They won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. And, um, I mean, in every imaginable way, they were the better football team and, I think from a Bills perspective that at least as a fan that makes it easy for me to digest when you're just not as good as a team that you're playing and you lose by 3 scores okay <laughs> you're not as good right it's that's a lot easier to digest than a 13 seconds collapse but uh the Bengals came out and made a statement you know they've been an edgy team all year they've had something to prove all year and they are uh in really good position to get back to the Super Bowl and obviously a big statement with a three-score win over the Bills in Buffalo.
2: It really feels like the, the best thing that could have happened for the Bengals was the league decided we were going to do a neutral site game for a Bills-Chiefs conference championship <laughs> and nothing else, right? Yeah. I mean, Zach yeah. Taylor comes out after the game and says, I feel sorry for everybody that we keep screwing up their plans. <laughs> like, it's, he's, the, he's not that sorry. They're obs- he's not that They're sorry. obsessed with it. And like, mm-hmm. good for you. You found the the fuel and the chip on your shoulder that you needed to go out and, and execute and play a really good football game, Joe. Uh, I haven't really talked to you since the game, other than yesterday's show. To this point, I'm curious from your from your perspective. You think about the Bills. Mm-hmm. What side of the ball do you think has a greater change? Whether that's personnel or coaching or whatever. Like, what do you think is like the biggest? Necessary pivot. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're in a Super Bowl contending window. They just won what they were 12 and were they 12 and four or 13 and three?
0: 13 and three.
2: 13 and three. So you lost four games in, across 19 games this season. You're very much a contending team. But the game that played out played out the way that it did. So you're kind of a couple of years into this now. Just kind of curious what your thoughts on where the Bills go from here.
0: Yeah, I think. It- It's it's weird that you come out of a game where you score ten points offensively and I'm gonna lean into the defense, but I am. Uh, I think that I think that offensively I think you your young play having a young offensive coordinator, I think he got outclassed completely by Lou Anarumo. I think Ken Dorsey will be better for this season, and I have a lot of confidence in Josh Allen. And I think obviously I think they need some upgrades on their O line. I think you need another weapon, right? Somebody that can really make opponents pay for the attention that Stefan Diggs commands. I think all of that's true, but I I, I lean way more into the defense for this game. Um, and, and I, and I wonder, and, and really this is kind of my big prevailing thought coming out of this game is I wonder if Leslie Frazier has run his course in Buffalo. Um, and the the guy puts out top tier regular season defenses every single year, but in the playoffs against the best offenses, he doesn't have much of a pulse. And you've seen this now for four consecutive years where the Bills' season ended, uh, whether it was the second half collapse against Houston, where the Bills led that game, uh, was it 18 to nothing at halftime? And Houston was not a good scoring offense that year, and they were were not able to slow them down enough in the second half. But the last three years, two against Mahomes, one against Burrow, you allowed an average of 36 points per game and 468 yards per game. It just has not been good enough um, to affect those top-tier defenses. And so I wonder if he's run his course. His contract is expired after the season. I think you you should probably think about letting him walk and lean into some of the younger coaches you have on your staff, in a Bobby Babich, in a John Butler, and and really give this defense a, a a different a different look in terms of how it's called and how it game plans for these big games because it continues to let you down in the biggest moments of of the year, but is dominant
2: all during the regular season. It's kind of where I. It, tend to agree with you. I think there's personnel upgrades offensively, but oh, defensively, it's it's a little bit of an aging unit with some of the the key players, too. So I think some transition might might be good. Oh, for sure. A, a yeah. diff- different lens on the same ideology, I, I think might not be a bad thing for Buffalo. For sure.
0: And, and you, hate, you hate not having Vaughn for this game. Daquan Jones was a killer to find out just before the game that he couldn't go. Obviously, Micah Hyde, those players, you'd love to have them, but I don't know. I don't know if... I don't know if they had the right stuff anyways. You know, you're watching you're watching Jamar Chase run free in the middle of the field while yeah. two two players buzz down on Mitchell Wilcox in the flat. Like you you just didn't have it.
2: You didn't it, have the right it, stuff. I thought Trey Trey Wright was had a tough go in this game too. Oh, he didn't want he uh, didn't want to play physical with Chase.
0: No, he didn't want to play physical with Chase. No way.
2: Do you ever get the sense that he was back or do you think like there's going to be an extra bounce in him next year? Because obviously I thought he, he had moments He had a this long year. road back. And- yeah. took him 12 months to come back from the ACL tear. I know that there was some
0: mental hurdles that he had to clear to get back on the field. Um, I think he'll obviously be better next year. And I thought at times this year he he, he looked like Trey White, but uh, not against the Bengals. And, you know, there was a some other times this year where you felt like he wasn't himself. But there was other times that you did. And I, I guess that's somewhat to be expected when you – Come in that late in the season, right. you know you're not calloused up. You hadn't played ball in a long time, um, so should be some d- different stuff around him next year. I'm thinking
1: the last game for Vibe Association. I feel like we might be on this one for a little bit. The 49ers <laughs> beat the Cowboys 19 to 12. Mid. Mid is my vibe association. Wow. Mid that mid, mid stop. I want I want no more. No mas. I don't want to hear a word about how Dak Prescott is a top 10, top 12
2: quarterback. I'm done. Get out of here. You're going to skip Bayless and walk into your yellow kitchen Get and out of here. Try to make out with your Jersey before you angrily ball it up as if it were no. like a raccoon and then throw it in the trash can. No. I want Chris the to the give, give us 12 quarterbacks video. that are better. I've do done it. this. Well, I have, where's the, I already have the oh. list prepared. Here I want to hear it go. fresh. I want to you know shouldn't... every quarter, every quarterback in the NFL that you think is better than Dak Prescott. I want to know exactly what number. You
0: I think you could be concerned about Dak, but I don't. I think you're going to run out of options. So here, really I sure. I
1: put together a list of eight because I was arguing with somebody, right? So here's the eight That's that not I twelve. Can you let Can you let me do the eight? Yeah, and then get I'll, it started. Okay. Uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. Draft dudes do math. Mahomes, Allen, uh, Burrow, Herbert, Brady, Rogers, Lawrence, Derek Carr. Those eight in that order. Okay? I was having a Derek okay, Carr so argument there, with somebody. A, okay? There's eight. Didn't mention Kirk Cousins, who I would take over Dak Prescott. Didn't okay, mention Jar- I'm
2: going to count him on a separate hand because
1: I, I don't agree with you, but that's fine. Didn't mention Jared Goff, who I'd rather have over Dak Prescott. Didn't mention Jalen Hurts, who I'd rather have over Dak Prescott. I think Hurts has an interesting argument right now. I didn't mention Daniel Jones, who I would take over Dak Prescott. I got to 12 right there, and I, I haven't even explored uh, uh, most. Lamar Jackson. It's a thir- I'm at 13 already, Joe.
2: You asked for, t- ask for 12, think, I got I, you to I, 13. I, you have three You have three or four kind of sus guys. You got any more that you want to put out here that you think are better than Dak? I mean, let me just...
1: Let me go through my the roll decks real quick here. Make sure I'm not missing anybody. Going through Brock team Birdie? by team, I don't yeah, want to no put Brock anyone Brock since Brock. Brock oh, Birdie's I take you know? I take Kyler over Dak.
2: Ooh, mm, I would I take, not. I take Kyler okay. over
1: Dak.
0: I think it's fair to say that Dak Prescott's not an upper echelon NFL starting quarterback,
1: and that's the point I'm making, Joe. That's that is the that is what I'm coming to. But the But there's table. like four of them, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I don't even think he's a tier two. Like, we, we, and we've done the tiers on this. Yeah. Like Dak constantly, like they lost that game because Dak didn't play well. If they got Brock Purdy level quarterback play, they win the game.
0: Then you don't, you don't need think to had, call I the, mean, you need
2: to call the game for a Brock Purdy level performance. They could have I mean, run, run the San ball Francisco either. just fe- feasts everything across the middle of the field and they run the ball, right? Right, but this is not a one-year thing with Dak. We've been doing this forever. yeah. The, I'll say this, the, what was it? The second interception, the one that came in the red zone. Looked like he wanted to sit him down, right? Or vice versa. With the first one, it just, I don't know what he was looking at. Same. Looked like the second one, the ball was a little, was it a little in front of him or a little behind him? I don't remember exactly whether, and then it ricocheted up. I think it was a little out in front of him. And the receiver's kind of geared down like he was going to sit down. I think it was a miscommunication on a sight adjust. That's tough. It's a tough way to make a living. And so is, we need to find more ways. And obviously, C.D. Lim had a lot of production. And then Tony Pollard gets hurt. It really exacerbates your ability offensively with with the skill players. I think there's plenty of blame to go around. I do think the turnovers are a tough look for Dak.
1: We we need to get better out of the quarterback look, position
2: stop
1: and the coaching position. We have to get better out of those two spots. We cannot be this disastrous at clock management. We just can't. Just two straight two straight years, the 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 Cowboy season ends in the same way: poor clock management and a weird bad a weird play to end the game. Like, there's a theme here. They're not good at this. McCarthy's not good at that side of
2: it, and Dak can't execute on the other side. They've got a problem. And that shouldn't be a surprise. It should not be a surprise that Mike McCarthy is struggling with the issues that we're talking about. Mike but you know what? When we go in every
1: year and we just bring these guys back and everyone goes, nope, this is the year. Don't worry, guys. Dak's going to show it. McCarthy's going to be better. It's like, okay, well, no, I'm out. And for those reasons, I'm out.
2: Joe, can I ask you a question? hmm True or false, the, the Dallas Cowboys have good process and bad results. Um,
0: I take a lot of exception with their roster construction. Uh, um, so I think they have bad
2: process and good results. Okay. Can I expand that to the rest of the losing teams in the divisional round? Sure. The Jacksonville Jaguars have good or bad process and good or bad results.
0: Mostly good process and good results.
2: I would I would agree with you. The um, New York Giants have good or bad process, and good results. <laughs> Obviously, it's very early. It's year one of it's year one of their their regime. Um, but I think their process has been good in the first year of this regime.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think they've added meaningful young talent while establishing the right culture to f- lead it forward. So good process, good results. The Buffalo Bills have good
2: or bad process with good or bad results good process, good results, but a, just a bad result this weekend. Yeah, I think that's, I true. would agree. I would agree with you completely. And I, I would say Dallas- that was, well, it, it,
0: one second there. I don't think that's a situation where it was this weekend where the results were bad. I think if the bills played the Bengals 10 times, they probably lose seven or eight times out of 10. They're not as good as the Bengals. We've got 69 minutes of football to tell us that very clearly.
2: I think that's, I'd probably go 60% of the time. I don't know about 80% of the time. Is it seven or eight?
0: i, I I'd go seven or eight. Okay, <laughs> more, for sure the Bengals win more times. For
2: sure. Um, I think the Cowboys are the one team that lost this weekend that you can look at the process of how you got here and have the biggest amount of questions about the process that led to the results that you got. Because that I think that the team that should, should undertake the greatest change, whether that's head coach, offensive coordinator, are they obviously need more on the personnel perspective? But I guess that's also kind of where it's, it's tough, where well, they, from a cap perspective, were really limited this past year. I admire the way that they transitioned through what was a really tough cap year, and they should have more flexibility moving forward. But I think they're the team that needs to make the greatest level of changes if they hope to get past this point next year.
0: That's fair. I just – I have a hard time – well. We're going to go after Sean Payton, Joe. No, I'm not going to go after Sean Payton. I'm not I'm not willing to give a first-round We're
1: giving round up a first-round pick? First round pick. pick? We, we got we got holes all over the place on this team. We can't be giving up first-round yeah. draft selections. We're in a division that everybody else is getting better. You think Washington's not going to be better next year with quarterback play? You don't think the Giants are going in the right direction? The Eagles are, are one win away from the Super Bowl. We can't be trading a first-round pick
0: for Sean Payton.
1: Are you out of your mind?
0: I, I mean, just Sirianni, Zach Taylor, Brian Dable... Doug Peterson, like you didn't have to give up a first round picks for these coaches, Sean McDermott, Andy Reid. Like I, I don't think you have to do it. Go call it's yeah. not like you you have to give up a first round pick because you have to get Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. Right. I mean, I guess you could draft Justin Jefferson. I don't know, man. Like I just don't think it's required. We just wait a year and then Ben Johnson
1: can be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, you know?
2: Yep. I can get, I can get the Cowboys to about fifty million dollars in cap space. Okay, what did you? Who did you get rid of? Here's the bad news. Zeke, <laughs> Ellie, Zeke Elliott only makes sense to move after June first, so that money is not going to be immediately accessible to you. You can restructure Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, and Dak Prescott and get about $27 million in cap space. If you move on from Zeke before June 1st, whether you trade him or you cut him, you can save $5 million, but you still incur a dead cap hit of almost $12 million, which is not great. Tyron Smith is a viable Move on from candidate if you deem that is appropriate. I don't know that I do. Obviously, durability versus price and a 17.5 million dollar cap hit next year is something to at least ask some questions about. We gotta we gotta restructure Michael Gallup, right? Yeah, okay. Because that's a 14 million dollar cap hit for Michael Gallup. You can cut that in half by doing a base restructure. So now you're up to $56 million if you make all those moves.
1: Can I share a Michael Gallup stat that I saw this morning? Sure. Michael Gallup had more games with zero yards than he had 50-yard games. Oh, no. Say that again? Michael Gallup had more games with zero yards than he had 50-yard games. Yikes. And you're telling me we don't have a problem on offense?
0: Should have kept Amari Cooper, man. Oh, imagine. Imagine trading imagine trading a good wide receiver for a 5th round, a fifth round pick. pick. 5. Imagine. When he had the a uh, uh, uh- contract that was perfectly it, like it was, set up it, to it manipulate was, and it, move around No no no
1: it, Joy, it was perfect it had no guaranteed money and after right. if after any of the years if he was bad you just washed your hands of it and you said goodbye or already go someplace else Unbelievable No but we had to trade him couldn't couldn't keep
2: him had to get rid of so him that's a misstep. Here's what here's what the Cowboys could, very easily could have done that was 3 years 60 million dollars right Yes that's what it, it was. was 3 20 million dollar base salaries with no was, guaranteed money Yes it was 20 million dollars every year of the deal So you convert the money into a signing bonus, right? So you take $19 million, right? Convert it into a signing bonus. You give it to him up front. You put a void year on the back of the deal. And you spread that number out across the next four seasons. So you'd have this year, next year. And Amari Cooper would have had a $6 million cap hit for this year. You know what they got? You know what Michael Gallup's uh, cap hit was this year? Eight or 10, I'm sure. Well, it was four and a half. So it was a million and a half cheaper than that. But now this next year, it's going to go up to 14 because of how you structured the money. And you gave him five years, 58 million. So you realistically could have given Amari Cooper a four-year $60 million contract with a void year on the back end of it. So technically a three year, but it would be across four seasons. And then you could have got out from that after next year. And you'd be in effectively the same spot with a better player. Know, hindsight's 2020. It's hard, it's kind of hard to beat Dallas up for this, but Dallas was one of those teams that I, I looked at their roster at the beginning of the year and I asked myself, where are they better than what they were last year? And I think last year's Dallas team, if they played this year's Dallas team, last year's Dallas team wins the game. A majority of the time.
0: Chris, uh, Kyle and I have convictions about who we think wins these conference championship games. Do you? I do. Yes. Go ahead. I believe these, I, I, it was
1: my pre, it was my prediction before the playoff started. So I have no reason to abandon it. I believe the 49ers and the Chiefs win. Uh Oh, are you guys uh, Eagles Bengals? Is that where you guys are? Yeah. Oh, we, okay. both, we both
2: yeah. we both, are Eagles Bengals.
1: I don't know how I can sit here and say before the playoffs that I predict the 49ers and Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl and then abandon it when I'm one game away from, from going oh, you, across I mean, the thing. You, watch
2: the you games. could certainly say you had new information for yeah. the Patrick Mahomes ankle question that's going to sure, linger all week uh, long. Okay, hold on. I reserve the right that if he doesn't play to change my mind, but all indications oh, are that he's playing, so I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Did you see him jumping on a pogo stick to hand the ball I, off on Saturday? I did, and you, and
1: you don't think a full week of of the medical team, a high ankle sprain, doing everything in their power, whatever magical stuff that they can get their hands on, that just <laughs> use the soccer ice spray. It works for everybody, right? Anytime oh, right, someone's got an injury right. in soccer, you just spray that, and they're they're fine. Everything's good. And on the other side of the ball, like I, I the the uh, in the NFC, like I know Brock Purdy, quote unquote, struggled, and they only scored 19 points, but like. That defense is good. The Eagles are going to have a tough time trying to score. I got I, you. Got Fred Warner out here just in coverage against Ceedee Lamb down the field. Like that's going to be a tough matchup for the Eagles. So I, I'm I'm sticking here on a Tuesday. Right. I'm sticking with my prediction. I reserve the right to change it, but I'm sticking with where uh, what brought me to the dance so far. Shall we do our first mini big board of the week? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Five names for all of us. Top five players we are most excited to see on offense at the Senior Bowl. Five to one. And we can go in that order. Who would like to start with their number five? I'll go first. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Sorry. You, you can still go first. Uh, how much overlap do we think we have? That's our favorite question to ask before we do uh, this. I'd say I have two overlap with each of you. I think I have definitely two overlap with Joe and only one overlap with Kyle. That's my early I prediction. have
0: one overlap with Kyle. One overlap with Chris is my guess.
1: Okay. Wow. That scares me if you think you only have one overlap, because I think you're assuming that it's one person, and I was assuming a different person
2: for you. So this is tough. All right, let's I'm do it now. Here we go. Okay. My number five is BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua. Top five on my list. Nakua um uh, missed a little time early this season. You turn on they played, they played in a run heavy rushing offense in 2021. But boy oh boy. You turn on the tape, you watch the ball skills, you watch the physicality. He formerly played at Washington, so he's got Power 5 experience and playing at BYU with Jaron Hall. He's going to be playing with Jaron Hall next week at the Senior Bowl, so the chemistry is going to be on full display. I think Nakua is going to be a big winner. I think he could push for Day 2 consideration when it's all said and done. And because of that, in a very crowded wide receiver crop, I'm excited for my guy, Puka Nakua, to get some headway on building momentum towards the draft
0: number five for me and it's hard for running backs to uh, really pop at a senior bowl it is but Tajay Spears I I had to include him I've been riding this train for it feels like a few months now and obviously he did me proud in the conference championship game he did me proud against the USC Trojans
1: when they won against USC they defeated
0: USC want to
1: make that very clear Defeated the them. That the Cotton Bowl. Yes, I'm not it, was. it was. the Whatever Cotton Bowl. Bowl? It was.
0: Yes. Um, I just feel like he's got a lot of momentum, and that athleticism I think is going to show up at the Senior Bowl, particularly as a pass catcher, and that's something I want to see from Tajay. I want to see. I want to feel. I want to get a better feel for what he offers as a route runner and with his hands. And so I'm excited to see him because he's been really good of late. I'm excited to see him because he's a fun player, but also I think it's a really good showcase opportunity for that pass catching skill set. Uh, to be on display. And, you know, we didn't get to see, we didn't get a chance to see a ton of it at two lanes. So Tajay Spears, number five for me.
1: When putting together my top five list, I had one through four, pretty simple. It was pretty easy for me to get my first four names. And then the fifth name, I made a decision. I had a inflection point. Did I, do I add a second wide receiver or do I add a second quarterback? And the, the people I considered, my second wide receiver would have been uh, Puka Nakua, and my second quarterback would have been Tyson Badgen. Those were the two names that I considered for the fifth spot. I fell on the quarterback side of the coin. Tyson Badgett for me, number five on the list. I think this group, uh, last year's quarterback class at the Senior Bowl was a battle royale, who can do enough to earn QB1. This year, it's a little different. It's a who can rise themselves up the board enough to be that guy that gets picked on day two. And this is a guy that we have not seen anything of. Tapes hard to find, tapes hard to come by, and so getting a chance to, to get eyes on this guy in person, a quarterback out of shepherd, I'm very, very excited to see him, so I wanted to give some love, so I did go with two quarterbacks. My other quarterback is later up on the list. That's what I did at number five. Sorry, Kyle. Puka Nakua, honorable mention.
2: Don't apologize, because I know some of the other names are on your list now. So, uh, My number four is Princeton... Wide receiver, Andre, <laughs> Isivas. Andre, Andre Yacubis. <laughs> you know what I uh, think. We'll go with that. That was good. It's it's phonetically how I'm gonna roll with it. Um, big time track background, uh, like and championship caliber track athlete, not just in the Ivy League either. Uh, six foot two, good speed in the open field. Uh, we think about what Christian Watson was able to do last year at the Senior Bowl from a small school in North Dakota State. Well, now you have an Ivy Leaguer in Andre, who I think has an opportunity from a traits perspective to be one of the big buzzy players of the week if he looks like he belongs at this showcase. And I think that he will. And because of that, Andre is number four on my list, two wide receivers to get a start.
0: Number four for me, I'm going to go with a tight end, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Man, this guy's got some buzz, right? You've seen him in some first-round mocks, but what he didn't have is a lot of production. He only played in two games this year, had 11 catches for 169 yards. I know that's good production for two games, but you know we didn't get to see a ton of him this year. Was 22 catches, 304 yards last year, uh, so he, he's he got a lot of appeal based on 6'6", 250 a lot of uh, athleticism that he offers, but you know, where's the resume, where's the production. And I want to see this. I want to see what type of route runner he is. I want to see what type of hands he has um, to warrant the hype. That's not really backed up by production. And so I think it's going to be a big stage for him and I can't wait to get eyes on him next week.
1: Number four for me, I've gone with the, the trench play. Give me an offensive lineman here on my list. I think the the most fun that I had at Senior Bowl last year and in my growth of doing this and being in this space with you guys is the opportunity that I, that I had to sit with Kyle during Wednesday's practice when we watched O-line versus D-line, and I got to watch him up and close O-line play. I got to watch Trevor Penning and had a blast doing so. So for me, this is a bit of a homer pick because this is somebody that the Jets could be considering at number 13. Dewan Jones, number four for me on my list. I want to watch some Dewan Jones up close and personal. I want to be able to say, yes, get this guy on my short list for the New York Jets, or no, get him out of here. So, number four for me, Dewan Jones.
2: Number three for me, we are going to the quarterback position, and it is Jaron Hall, quarterback BYU. I think of the quarterbacks that are going to be in attendance at this year's event, Uh, Jaron probably has the best intersection of arm talent, mobility, big play, and he's not really a, a great rhythm passer just yet, but he's also only a two-year starter effectively at the position. So Jaron Hall for me has a lot of the physical things. He gets A plus marks for intangibles and leadership and off the field and Uh, He's played through, earlier in his career at BYU, he had a number of injuries that kind of derailed him uh, from from maintaining a stranglehold on the quarterback starting job at BYU. Zach Wilson comes in and plays. Zach Wilson leaves. He gets the starting quarterback position back. They were run heavy the first year. Well, this year, they were very much more leaning into Jaron Hall's skill sets. And I see the mobility, I see the baseball background. He played like on last year's BYU baseball team. So like a recent baseball player, not just like, oh yeah, he played in junior high. Like, no, like a real like college level baseball player. And it really is apparent when you watch him throw the ball. So Hall, I agree with Chris on his prognosis of the quarterback class and and what is at stake. I think Hall is the one that can move the needle the most, even if he might not be the quarterback I'm most excited to watch.
0: Number three for me is Cincinnati wide receiver Trey Tucker. Um, Man, he's a fun player. He's not big. He's 5'8", 175 pounds. But these are the types of players that always just give everyone fits at the Senior Bowl because they're small, they're shifty, they're explosive. And one-on-one against them is really tough, especially for some of the longer limb guys that are more zone corners that all of a sudden have to be Uh, Stuck in a situation where in one on ones they have to mirror and match these types of guys, so I think he's going to create a lot of separation, uh, which is exactly what he did at at Cincinnati, where you know this guy has legit route running skill sets. His ability to get in and out of breaks is really clean. He's rapid, he's sudden, he's got vertical ability to accelerate and get behind the secondary. Good ball skills, confident hands for a smaller receiver. uh, Also offers some value as a kick returner. So. Um, He's just another one of those day two shifty slot receivers that I think can can find production. And I think he'll really separate himself uh, with a good week in Mobile. Um, Man, he's fun. Small, but he's fun. Number three for me, I am
1: ready to get hurt once again. BYU quarterback Jaron Hall number three on the list for me I am opening myself up to fall in love with another BYU quarterback because it worked so well for me the last time all of the things Kyle said are the things that I am excited to see and again there is an opportunity here for one of these quarterbacks to stake their claim that they should be the guy drafted on top of day two and be that heir apparent to somebody and and Be that Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts type guy not drafted on day one that goes to a situation, not asked to start right away, but can develop into a starter and get that opportunity pretty quickly into their career. So I am very excited to see Jaron Hall in person because I've watched a little tape. I know what my friend Kyle has said. I'm ready to be heard again by a BYU quarterback. So Jaron Hall for me,
2: number three. Interesting of you to reference Dak Prescott as a case study of a a positive pathway to becoming a starting quarterback.
1: Dak Prescott made a lot of money, and I'm here to tell you, if Jaren Hall uh, follows the Dak Prescott career, I think he's going to be pretty happy with himself. So,
2: Well played. Okay, number two for me, Cody Moch, offensive lineman, North Dakota State. We sat in on a, a, a call at the end of last week to kind of go over some of the senior bowl players. And there were few players that got a stronger endorsement of excitement for what the next week is going to hold. than Cody Mach, who is for some people a tackle for some people a guard, uh, but is absolutely a road grader physical. Apparently he's got a big personality. I'm psyched to get to meet him and and get to talk a little football with him. But uh, in a, class of offensive linemen where we've identified plenty of uh, quality tackle prospects much might be a riser for some and uh there's some consideration that this might even be a guy that ends up pushing his way into the first round when it's all said and done
0: Kyle my number two
2: player Cody
0: Mock offensive lineman North Dakota State yeah I'm excited to see him man um I did his uh I think I did his write-up Early in the season, when he got some buzz, and I really enjoyed what I saw. Um, converted tight end, really, really athletic, uh, experienced starter. You can see <clears throat> that he's got a lot of technique and range, which you know was a big reason why he was so effective at at North Dakota State. But you know, I think he's got a good amount of power. I like I like the tenacity that he plays with, and um, I think he gives a chance to be that guy. You know, like there's been, like you said, the Cole Strains. There's been the Quinn Miners. Uh, type hype that has come out of the, uh, the week. And obviously Cody, you know, he's got the, the long red hair, the big old beard, you know, corn fed boy. Uh, I think he's going to move the needle in a lot of ways this coming week. And, and really, you know, I think right now we look at him as a, you know, lock rock solid day two pick second round guy. Uh, I I would not be surprised if he can flirt with the end of that first round.
1: I was going to put somebody number two on my list and it was going to be somebody at the running back position why would i not follow in the footsteps of my friend joseph j marino who has told me you need to get your eyes on. You need to watch Tajay Spears. So you know what, Joseph? That's exactly what we're doing. We're putting him number two on the list because I watched this kid play against USA. I've heard the glowing review. You of all people giving a glowing, over-the-top review about a running back. You write that person's name down and you say, I got to watch this guy. So you know what? Yeah, there's going to be some time spent where I'm just going to slip away and I'm going to watch Tajay Spears doing some stuff with the running back group. Number two for me, Tajay Spears.
2: Joe, what is the position of your number one player? Offensive line. Chris, what is the position of your number one player? Wide receiver. So we may have some more overlap. I can guarantee that we're going to have some more overlap because Tyson Bagent is my number one most excited player to watch. I watched Tyson Bagent tape over the weekend, watched him against Kutztown. Watched him against California of Pennsylvania. And um, boy, oh boy, is that, uh, that Shepard tape really fun to watch when you're watching uh, the sack and the, what the offensive line guys look like and the build of the players. There's no question Tyson Badgen has an NFL frame, an NFL arm, and NFL athleticism. Uh, and I think the important thing for Tyson is going to be not trying to win the first day of practice, but <laughs> stacking a better day each day in succession throughout the course of the week. Because I do think there there may be a little bit of a jump as far as the speed in which some stuff happens. But uh, this is the kind of environment where the tools of a player like a Tyson Badgett, I think, really have a chance to shine. And uh, if he takes the advantage of that opportunity... Small school kid. I think he's got a really live arm. I saw more FU throws on that tape than I've seen in a while. Back shoulders to to the field. <laughs> 20 yards downfield. And he doesn't care. He's taking it. And uh, he's really confident in his arm. He's got really good athleticism in the pocket. I think even beyond just playing against the pass rushers at Kutztown or the the stack packers that they're, they're fire zone blitzing at Cal, P.A., uh, I'm excited to see what he does with his opportunity because he's very clearly a physically gifted kid.
0: Coming in at number one for me is an overlap with Christopher P. Schubert, and that's DeWan Jones, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. 6'8", 360, 11 and 5 inch hands, 36 and 8 inch arms, a 7 foot 5 wingspan. Uh, the dude's got rare size uh, in every way, height, weight, length. Um, but he's also a really good football player. I thought he had two good seasons as Ohio state starting right tackle. And he's a lot to get around. You know what I mean? That's just a lot of mass, a lot of length. He really elongates the path, but he's a physical dude in the run game. And I don't think that he's a guy that can't move either. I think he's got a good amount of athleticism for that size. And look, I know it's a tough world to live in in Senior Bowl one-on-ones as the offensive lineman where there's no structure and guys can just go all out to beat you. I got a feeling that this guy can really hold his own, right, in in ways that you don't typically see offensive linemen. Man, I think he can really rise, really enter that late first-round conversation because he's got rare traits, and um, I think we'll get a really good feel for him at the Senior Bowl. Number one guy I can't wait to see.
1: Number one for me. Does anyone want to take a guess? Yeah, it's Rasheed Rice. You're gosh darn right. It's Rasheed Rice number one. (laughs) I mean, how could I not do this list and not put my guy, Rasheed Rice, number one on this list? I've been... Talking about him for months now here on the show. Uh, So, yes, excited to finally see Rasheed Rice in person. I think he's going to uh, impress in the one-on-ones, and I'm very excited to see because we talked a lot about the quarterback position where somebody can, can make a name for themselves. But I also think that this, and tell me if you guys agree or disagree, there's an opportunity here for somebody here at the Senior Bowl to work their way into the back half of day one. And the, the, to work their way into the back half of the first round of the of the draft, if they can ball out and the senior bowl or be one of those first guys called on day two. So I'm very excited to see Rasheed Rice in person. Cause I think you're going to see the physicality. I think you're going to see the uh, blender that he puts de- defensive backs in where they just have to grab and hold on and just and commit a penalty because if not, it's going to be a big play. So I'm very excited to see Rasheed Rice in person.
2: So, you know, Chris, I think you and I overlapped on three. Uh, I, we both had, uh, Jaron Hall
1: did you, you, you had Spears? You had Spears? No. So then we had I two. I was
2: thinking, I was thinking Nakua.
1: No, sorry. He was an honorable so, mention.
2: Right. Joe so and I overlapped I two. on
1: two as well,
2: which Kyle are, are not the two that
1: I thought.
0: I figured when I said one for me and one for Kyle, I thought you and I would both have Spears and I thought Kyle and I would both have Dewan Jones. I didn't realize that you and I would have Dewan Jones and Kyle and I would have Cody Mock. Yeah, well,
1: that's that's the part, that's the fun part of doing this list. So tomorrow it'll be the it's defense. All
2: good, it's all good fun. Yeah. It's, it's defense tomorrow. No special teams though. Unfortunately. Dorian would shambles. The, the the Maryland kicker is number one on all of our lists. That He's guy's Scott been Shannon. a thing for a while. Yeah. It's got a cannon. Um, I think that's that's going to do it for us today on the show. Is that correct?
1: That is correct, yes.
2: Okay. Well, we appreciate everybody who carved time out of your day. Chris, thanks for joining us. It was great to see you again. Glad to have you back on the show with us here. <laughs> Joe Marino Chris Schubert. Thanks to your friends over at Ben online for their continued support of the show as well. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk with you all again tomorrow thanks for being here for another episode of the draft dudes podcast
1: be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode while you are at it help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review want more head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at the draft network on twitter instagram and youtube